This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking Lifers, how are we doing today? Hope you're having a fantastic day. Your Kicking Life Guru Master Rich Grogan coming at you, ready to rock you out, ready to rock it out, and you out, I guess, with another exciting podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Now, just a reminder, if you haven't uh, listened to our previous podcast, make sure you go back through and download those things. Awesome, awesome stuff, some awesome guests. Today, I'm at the helm by myself here, but I'm ready to rock it out, maybe. I'm telling you, got some good stuff happening. Start off, as we always do, with our quote from Become the Lion, and that uh, the Daily Lion is their book. Check these guys out. Hashtag Become the Lion. Inspiration, motivation, right and left hooks of reality. They're giving it to you. Today's is, where is it at? There it is. Your future is only uncertain when it's in someone else's hands. You need to make your own moves. And what that means is too many times, and I've plenty guilty of this myself, we become a little bit complacent. We kind of, eh, you know what, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to do this and that. Not that you haven't earned the right to take it easy. However, when complacency sets in, it's a slippery slope, baby. I'm telling you, it's hard to kind of get back going again. All that talks about is continue, something I talk about all the time, right? Continue to self-educate. Continue to do what you can to surround yourself with people that maybe are a little bit more motivated than you, maybe a little more inspired than you, more successful than you. And what that's going to do is it's going to lift you up. If you surround yourself with people that don't have as much motivation as you, don't have as much inspiration, aren't as successful as you are, yes, you can try and lift them up, but if you're around too many of them, they're going to pull you down. Sort of like the crabs in the bucket story. Have we heard the crabs in the bucket story? Well, you're going to. I know some of our uh, subscribers that listen to every show, you've heard it, but it's been probably, I guess it's been, I don't know when it's been. It's been a while since we've told it. So the crabs in the bucket story is this. If you took crabs, sand crabs on the beach, and you gathered a bunch of them up and you put them in a bucket. Now, collectively, if they work together, they could climb out of that bucket. Just climb up on top of the next one, on the next one, on the next one. And then when we get to the top of the bucket, the one crab crawls out, reaches down his little crab paw there, and then <laughs> grabs the next one and pulls them out. And they work together as a unified team to help one another. Now, that seems logical. That makes sense. They're helping each other escape. But that's not the way it happens. And unfortunately, in life, too many times, that's not the way it happens either. What happens is when one of those crabs starts climbing up on top of another one, on top of another one, on top of another one, they get close to the top, the crabs below them pull them down, pull them down all the way to the bottom. Then another one tries it, pull them down all the way to the bottom. And this cycle continues. And the ones that are persistent about it, they end up getting their claws and paws and and, uh, heads and everything else ripped off for trying to get outside that bucket. So instead of working together and helping one another escape, they, they want everybody down there with them. And unfortunately, that's what negative influences do. They pull you down with you, they with them. 
and you become a part of them. Well, I'm a little tongue-tied this morning. That's all right. You get the gist of the story. And it's the same thing. I heard it told two different ways, that way, and then also, you know, big uh, king crabs, you know, fishermen throw down their big nets and the cages, actually. Crabs will swim in, and they could easily swim right back out. But once they get in there, they get a little disoriented, and other crabs keep coming in, coming in, coming in. And if one decides, you know what, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to separate myself from the pack. That's when they really go crazy on him. Similar, if you've got a group of people you've been hanging around with, you feel comfortable, but you're like, you know what, I want to do more with my life. I want to do something better. I know I'm meant for more than this. So you start separating yourself from the crowd, they're going to beat up on you. And maybe not physically beat up on you, but they're going to beat up on the part that they know they can get to you. Our weakest part, which is our own mind. Yeah, that's where our self-doubt lies, right there. All elements of self-doubt, all things that maybe happened in the past that created those seeds of doubt, they flourish. And what happens is, if you think of it like a garden, and I'm going to tell a little garden story as we move on here, I think you'll like it, especially if you like strawberries. Even if you don't like strawberries, I think you'll like the garden story. But if you've got those seeds of self-doubt in your mind, which we all do from past experiences, what happens is we might be able to kind of, if that thing's gotten out of control, maybe almost like weed eat it, right? Cut it down and try and keep it there. But it's always going to be there just under the surface. And when you try and separate yourself from a group, the group you're with, to try and do something better, they're going to attack you in the one and only place they know they can attack you, and that's in your mind. So essentially they're like watering those seeds of self-doubt and making them fester again trying to pull you back in like the crabs in the bucket. So as I talk about, it's not like you're ever leaving anybody behind, but in order to succeed, be the best person you were born to be, you're going to have to separate yourself from the crowd. Now, you can pull them along with you, but don't allow them to pull you back. And the analogy I always give on that, if when you're climbing the, climbing the ladder of success, as you're moving up that ladder, yeah, it's totally cool. Take one hand off that ladder to grab somebody else to pull them up, that's good because you're still one hand up here on the top rung, if you can picture the ladder, and you're grabbing somebody else to pull them up. The problem happens is when you take both hands off and you allow them to pull you down with you. Almost like if you know, you're know you in the ocean drowning and I throw you a life preserver and you push it away, I throw you another one, you push it away, and I'm like, come on, man, I want to save you. I throw you another life preserver and you push it away again. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I want you to jump in. So I jump in. I jump in. I Grab one of the life preservers, grab them. And I'm saying, come on, we can go to safety. We can talk about this. No, I just want to go down. Well, I don't want you to go down. Well, then let go of me. And the thing is, they want to go down by themselves. They want to pull somebody down with them. I know, it's twisted, but that's unfortunately how some people are in life. So you do everything you can to help them, just like I do this show here. Do everything I can to inspire and motivate people to believe in themselves. But I've got to keep moving forward in order to inspire and motivate as many people as I can. I can't you know, drowned with one person, then then I'd be lost. It's not that a person's life's not important, but I can't change them. They have to change themselves. I can do everything I can to assist them. So the reason I tell you this is if you're in a situation similar to this, I was in a situation for quite some time. That's why I'm so adamant about it. That's why I talk about it as often as I can. Man, get yourself out of that environment, that toxic environment that's just bringing you down, keeping you down, and holding you down. You know, since I'm in a storytelling mood, I'm going to tell you one more story before I get on to the strawberries. <laughs> this one's uh, Zig Ziglar, and I'm going to do my best to tell it as close to the way he told it, and he was the ultimate storyteller. If you don't know anything about Zig Ziglar, check him out. He's one of, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but I'm telling you, he was like the motivator of motivators. Absolutely awesome. And, of course, he was a Dallas Cowboys fan, too, so that was good stuff. <laughs> little throw in the Cowboys thing. Also part of the Dallas Cowboys podcast, so subscribe to that if you haven't. Anyway, 
the flea trainer is what this story is called. And the flea trainer is if you take fleas and you put them in a, in a uh, jar and put the lid on that jar, and it could be a pretty tall jar, put the lid on it, the fleas are going to jump up, bounce their head on the top of the jar because you got the lid on there. Boing, boing, boing. They're jumping, they're banging their head, jumping, banging their head, jumping, banging their head, jumping, banging their head. And it's almost like in life. You know, when you jump up for something and you hit your head, you're like, man, I don't know if I'd do that again. Jump up, hit your head. I don't know if I'd do that again. Jump up, hit your head. Well, you get the picture here. It's like you keep banging your head. Why do you want to jump so high? You know, hey, I'm smarter than that. I'm not going to keep hitting my head. Well, what happens is you take those same fleas, you put them in a smaller jar, put the lid on. So they start jumping again. Well, it's smaller. So even though they were jumping to that level, now they're banging their head again on the lid. Take that lid. Uh, um, I'm sorry, put them in a smaller, smaller jar here, same concept, and then you can actually put them in a cup, whatever the cup is without a lid, and they'll never jump out. Why? They've conditioned themselves after banging their head so many times to not jump so high. So what does that have to do with life and you and me and everybody else? Well, it's the same thing. If our ceiling is there, our group of influence is there, whatever height that is, and we keep every time we try and get out of there, we're banging our head or they're banging our heads, getting in our mind, telling us we can't do this, we're not good enough for this, we're not smart enough for this, we're never going to be any different than everybody else, that's a bang on the head, just like those fleas jumping and hitting their heads on the jar. So what are you going to do? You're going to stop jumping so high. You're going to stop jumping so high. You're going to stop jumping so high. And before you know it, you've conditioned yourself to barely even jump if you jump at all. Because why? I don't want to hit my head. And that's your condition. That's where you set your standards, that level, instead of continuing to raise those standards. And I know some of you are saying, well, you expect me to keep hitting my head? I'm smarter than that. No, that's just, <laughs> just an example of the, how you can train a flea. Unfortunately, that's how we've trained our minds, most of us, to set those standards low. Tear that glass ceiling off, if you will. Take that lid off. Jump high. But just know when you do, you are going to hit your head a few times. And worse than that, like I mentioned, Hopefully you're not in a jar and actually hitting your head, but <laughs> you're going to hit your head because there's going to be setbacks and failures. And the, the friends, your influence that you're around, I'm telling you, they're going to water those seeds of self-doubt. And that's, you know, more pain on the brain than just about anything, even, I guess, harder than hitting your head on a, I've never been in a jar before. Maybe you have, I don't know. But anyway, you get what I'm saying here. So keep those standards high and continue to raise those standards. And those standards are going to be impacted and influenced by the people you hang around with. You hang around with people that drag you down, keep you down, that's where you're going to stay. You step away from that, just know, yep, you're going to get beat up a little bit. Hopefully not physically. Maybe it is physical, but the mental beat up, that's a big part of what I'm going to talk about in just a little bit here with the strawberry story. A big part of that is watering those seeds of self-doubt, beating you up in your mind, the only place that they know they can get to you. It doesn't mean these people are bad, and it doesn't mean they're holding you down to be spiteful. They just, it's, it's a psychological thing. You're one of the group. You're one of the, hey, Richie, you're part of us, man. What are you doing? You think you're too good for us? And I'm giving you personal examples here. No, I'm not better than anybody. I just want to do more with my life. I want to do more. And then, of course, it goes from that to, you know, pretty much, well, who does he think he is? Oh, he's better than everybody else. Oh, his ego's so big. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to do something better. I'm reading books. Is that a bad thing? I'm being positive. Is that a bad thing? Well, you know, why can't you be like you used to be? Well, I don't want to be like I used to be, okay? I used to be, and I was never miserable, but I sure as heck wasn't happy. <laughs> and the reason I wasn't happy is because I knew I was holding myself back. Why? And I had those questions. It was almost like a fight going on in my brain, in my mind. I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more successful, but I didn't know what to do. 
and so what do I do? I'm surrounded with people that they don't know what to do either. So we're all just kind of mingling around together, all jumping up, hitting our heads on the, the uh, proverbial jar, not moving forward. I made the change. It was a tough change. But now I surround myself with positive, upbeat, motivated professionals, people that are doing the type of work that I aspire to do, people that are, have achieved a level of success that I want to achieve and then some, just continuing to do that. But you don't know what you don't know. And the only way, the only way to find out what you don't know is to surround yourself with people that know what you don't know. Whoa, that's genius. Oh my gosh, that, that's crazy. Well, I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. So if I could figure that out, you can figure that out. And if you couldn't, I just told you just like somebody had told me. And the other part, read. You don't know what you don't know. Read, surround yourself with other people that you want to be like, that you uh, admire. You're never going to be like them. I'm sorry, you're never going to be exactly like them. You can emulate them, but you want to be your own person. You never want to be a cheap replica of somebody else. You can set people up there. There's where my standards are. But once you reach that level, then you need to raise the standards even higher. So take that lid off that jar, so to speak, and keep jumping. And I've been on a jumping kick here. I didn't have that in my notes, but that was a great book by Steve Harvey. If you've not read that or checked that out, uh, great stuff. I even posted on my Facebook page the other day a um, – oh, it was kind of uh, – between sets on the family feud and Steve Harvey was talking about how you've got to jump and when you jump that first time that parachute's probably not going to open now <laughs> scares the heck out of you like what the heck am I going to do jump and the parachute doesn't open his whole thing is when you jump to something new jump to a, uh, a new level or jump to conclusions there you go anybody get that one from office space okay good a few laughs there anyway when you jump it's not the parachute's not always going to open the first time meaning you're going to crash and burn a few times and some of you are saying, well, why the heck do I want to jump then? Well, you don't have to, but if you want to change your life, you have to make the change. If you want anything to change, you have to be the one to change. Now, I can motivate. I can inspire. I can smack you around. I can give you the right hook of reality. I can give you the old, hey, world and all sunshine and rainbows. I can give you all that stuff. But you got to take it to heart. Believe in yourself and jump. Take that chance. And as Steve Harvey says, the more you jump, the better you get at it. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, you're going to crash on the rocks, he says. And yes, you're going to burn a few times and uh, means you're going to wipe out. But sooner or later, that parachute will open. It may take a while. There's no magic formula for how long uh, time you have to invest or how little time you have to invest. But the thing is, if you want something to change, you are the one that has to make the change. Nobody else can do it for you. Okay, good stuff there, right? Yeah. All right, so I've been... Uh, dangling the strawberry story in front of you, kind of teasing you with some strawberries. You out there like strawberries? I'm thinking about having some strawberries right when I'm done with this thing. And I'm talking, you know, put some sugar on there. Actually, a little sugar, a lot of sugar, however you like them. The way I like them the best is good old whipped cream. And I'm not, the scooping whipped cream's good, but I like getting that can of whipped cream. Can you get a visual right now? Kind of making you want to go uh, <laughs> get some strawberries and whipped cream. You're going to hold that can up and ah! I'd just spray it in your mouth. Oh, man. That sounds really good. Anybody in the mood for strawberries? Good. Got your vision now. I got you, your imaginations flowing. So now we're going to talk about planting the strawberry garden. So planting the strawberry garden, where this came about is uh, these last two weeks, I've visited uh, how many different schools? Six, seven different schools and spoke to about 1,500 kids on bully proofing, building their confidence. And the whole message is, I believe in me. I want you to say, I believe in me, yeah. And you shout it out if you want. I believe in me. And we'll start the thing off and the kids come in. I have them say, I feel good. And, of course, you know, you, the younger kids are all about it, but some of the older kids are too cool to get going right away, so I have to work a little harder on them. 
But I say, I feel good. I feel great. I believe in me. I'm awesome. And I keep saying that, and they're getting all excited, get pumped up. And then I have them look at somebody else. I said, look at the person on your left. Look at them. Look in their eyes. And I want you to say, you look good. And I say, you look good. And I said, now look at the person on your right or left. Which side did I go? The other side. <laughs> and say, you look great. You look great. I want you to look around at everybody else and say, I believe in you. I believe in you. And then the last one, I said, I want you to look around as many people as you can. I want you to say it as loud as you can. You are awesome. And the kids are like, yeah, and everybody's roaring. And then I have them look to their uh, teacher. And I said, I want you to look at your teacher now. Look at your teacher. Look in the teacher's eyes. And I want you to say, thank you. And I'll say, thank you for being so awesome. And the kids say, for being so awesome. And then I also want you to say, thank you. And the kids say, thank you for helping me be awesome. Anyway, it gets everybody excited, motivated, moving forward. And it's the power of words. And that's kind of the whole start of the presentation is how powerful words are. Now, you know, we, we, we've all heard the old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm telling you right now, that's a bunch of garbage, 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 garbage. Get it out. Bones heal. Bones heal. Mental scars on the brain, on the heart, they rarely ever heal. Now, they may, I don't want to say scab over, but they're always going to be there. Those cuts are the deepest. Words hurt. They truly do. They have the power to heal, just like those positive, motivating words I was just saying. I feel good. I feel great. I feel awesome. Yeah. Well, same has an effect on inspiring you, making you feel great. On the other side, you're dumb. You're stupid. You're ugly. I don't like you. You're an idiot. All those words. And usually when I say those things, the kids start laughing. And the reason they start laughing is the same reason, the exact same reason kids laugh when somebody else is bullying another person and they're standing there. Why? They don't know what else to do. They're uncomfortable. They feel horrible about it, but they laugh out because I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And it's almost like, well, I'm glad they're not talking to me that way. I'm sorry they're talking to our friend that way, but uh, man, I, I don't know what to do. The kids laugh out because they don't know what else to do. Now, I'm sure we've all been in that situation before. I know I've been on both sides of it. I'm not a proud of that, that I've actually been a part of that. It just is, I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't have the confidence to stand up for other kids or myself at that time. I was just happy it wasn't me that was being laughed at at that particular time. I had my share and then some of kids picking on me, laughing at me, uh, making fun of me to the point I, I'd cry. <laughs> I say those things now. I used to be embarrassed to say those when I had a big macho, tough guy ego. Yeah. But no, and here's the thing. When I had a big macho, tough guy ego, I was broke in every imaginable way, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. So I've checked my ego. I've shared these stories countless times to let others know, hey, you just you have to believe, number one, I believe in me. That's why I continue to pound that message in the kids. Compound that in, pound that in your brain. Look in the mirror and say, I believe in me. Unless... Right now, do it unless you're driving down the road. If you're driving down the road, wait till you get to a stoplight and then look in that mirror, look in your eyes and say, I believe in me. And at first you're probably going, I believe in me. You're not going to want to do it. I get it. But if you stay at it, you say it, what you're going to do is you're going to start conditioning that mind. You're going to start killing those seeds of self-doubt. All those things that have built up over the years. If you were ever picked on, and I think at any point in time, every single person has been picked on. So you know how that feels. 
you've been laughed at, uh, especially, <laughs> and it, you know, as a kid, I had my share of bullying more than I'd like to talk about, but actually it's uh, spilling on over into these talks and these books and these uh, uh, other conversations I'm having with other leaders, all about not being af- af- afraid to come out with your weaknesses, to share those with others, to know your, let them know you're vulnerable and how what you did to overcome these challenges. And that's kind of one of our biggest messages I uh, try and present at the Academy is all about inspiring these kids to believe in themselves, to develop that courage and confidence, to stand up for themselves and stand up to bullying. And you do that with manners, discipline, and respect. Good manners by being uh, uh, saying, please, thank you. Manners to yourself, disciplining yourself not to be pushed around, and most importantly, respecting yourself to not allow others to bully you, not allow others to get in your mind, not allow others to control who you are. So a little bit of sidebar action there, but I just wanted to kind of paint the picture, if you would, if I could and would. I think I did. There you go. There's my ADD kicking in. Squirrel. There, I had to get one of those in. But paints the picture of we've all been picked on, we've all been bullied. And those those words, those words are there, man. They're painful. And the thing I told the kids, just like I was using those words, you were saying, I feel good, I feel great, I feel awesome. And it made you smile, made you feel good, made your head feel good, made your heart feel good. And then it does something special to your stomach. Your stomach feels good. And all the kids laughed. Oh, your stomach feels good. I said, yeah, because your stomach's not stressed. That's where we keep most of our stress, right? So our stomach feels good. And when your stomach feels good, not only do you feel much better, but guess what else is working right? Your digestive system. So you're flushing all that stuff out. You're feeling good. Now, on the other side, when you're stressed, when somebody's picking on you, you feel like you're being put down, intimidated, what happens is your mind hurts, your smile goes away, your heart is broken, so your heart hurts, and then what happens to your stomach? Your stomach tightens up in knots, tightens up. And when your stomach tightens up in knots, not only is that inhibiting your uh, digestive flow and your digestive system, but it's also taking so much energy from everything else. And there's a chemical in the brain, horrible chemical, called cortisol. Now, cortisol is important. The reason it's important, it's your fight-or-flight chemical. You know, back in the old prehistoric days, at cortisol levels, what warned you of danger? You're walking through, you know, hunting for food or shelter with your family, and a tiger jumps out of the woods, or a wildebeest, depends on how far back we go, I guess, right? Anyway, they jump out, and they're going to eat you, Well, that's when you need that cortisol level to kick in because what it does is when cortisol pumps through your veins and goes through your body, it shuts down all other systems. The reason for that is you need that fight or flight. You need every single uh, uh, part of the body functioning as one to protect you against this threat, this wildebeest that's going to eat you. So your digestive system shuts down, your immune system shuts down. Heck, your growth, your skin growth, hair, everything else shuts down because 100% of everything you are is focused right now on defending yourself against this wildebeest, defending your family. So you got to have everything collectively working together. Now, that's how cortisol works. So in a fight or flight situation, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful chemical because it helps give you that superhuman strength. However, cortisol is meant to be, let me snap here, boom, quick, in and out, done. It's not meant to continuously pump through your veins. Because obviously, if your digestive system shut down, then you're going to be all backed up, right? You're going to have a stomach ache. If your immune system shuts shuts down, then you're going to be subjected to getting sick because you're not fighting off any diseases and anything else that's going on, any allergies or infections. So it's meant to come in and go out, fight or flight, and done with it. The only way to flush cortisol out is your feel-good chemicals. 
endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Now, I don't expect you to remember all four of those, but those are your four feel-good chemicals. Now, endorphins, that runner high, right? Yeah. And dopamine is that hit of, you know what? Somebody likes me. They, they told me they did. They said they like me. So that's a good thing, too. And uh, Simon Sinek, which I'm a huge fan of, he talks about the addictive power of dopamine. And maybe I'll talk about that on another podcast because he goes very, very much in depth. And it's, it's really good. Uh, if you have not checked out his TED Talk, he, well, he's got several of them. But uh, one in particular, he's got, he talks about uh, teams and leaders working together. And he also talks about the dangers of the dopamine hit, how it's addictive. But anyway, we'll talk about that at another time. I want to keep going here with, uh, anyway, the endorphins, that runner's high, dopamine, and oxytocin and serotonin are kind of the ones you get from actually seeing good acts or doing good acts for other people. All four of those will flush out the cortisol. Now you've got these feel-good chemicals flowing through your body. When the cortisol is flushed out, giving you guys a, a little biology, or biology, I can't even talk here, lesson of the human body here. Now, my degree is in kinesiology education, just so you know. So I got a little bit of knowledge on this, but I learned even more after I graduated by doing more and more research because this stuff like, whoa, this is awesome. I just wish I would have known some of this 20 years ago. It probably would have helped and I wouldn't have had, uh, I've had ulcers in the past and everything else from being too stressed all the time. And, you know, being a little hyperactive, I got a lot of things going on in my mind and everywhere else. But that's another sidebar. So if you're anything like me, you get that. My point is, I'm feeling better than I ever have, simply because I understand these things now, and that's why I want to share them with you. So as you flush that cortisol out, your brain gets happier, you feel better, like the endorphins from uh, the runner's high, and that's just from you know exercising. Oh, I feel good, yeah. Or people saying something nice to you, that's that oxytocin, somebody, and then dopamine hit. People care about me. Okay, all right. Brain feels good, the smile comes back, the heart feels better, and And I think, seriously, most importantly, your stomach is now relaxed. Because, man, when we have an upset stomach, we can't do anything. I mean, if you think about it, all the pains we've had before, if you've broken bones and this and that, it hurts. I'm not going to deny that. But when that stomach's a mess, man, it shuts you down. And that's because your digestive system is backed up. It really is because you're too tense. You're too stressed. And if you want to give an example of it, just kind of, and if you're driving your car, maybe wait on this. But anybody else, all I want you to do is just kind of tighten your fist, tighten your stomach as hard as you can, and just compress down. Ugh. Yeah, if you're getting a good ab workout, I guess that's okay. But holding your breath doing that, then you're like, oh, gosh, now i got a headache and everything else. Well, that is a small dose of cortisol there because you're tightening up. Not that you're scared of anything, but that's just a, a small, minute, I mean very minute, example of how that works. And we know when our stomach's feeling good, man, we're feeling pretty good. It's amazing, and that's all from those powerful words. So kind of big, long story there. Hope you got a bunch of that. And, and you know, I know I dove in a little deeper than I probably should, and be honest, I do not talk about all that stuff with the kiddos. You know, can you imagine me saying all those things to a kindergartner like, uh... <laughs> So anyway, I don't say that to them. I'm saying that to you because I don't have too many kindergartners listening to the podcast. So, okay, moving on about that. I've been teasing you with strawberries. I'm going to get right to the strawberries now. So talk about the power of words. You know, the power uh, words have the ability to help or to hurt. They have the ability to heal or to break, right? Words are very, very, very powerful. So I want you to remember that. So the example I gave the kiddos is I said, okay, let's, let's use your imagination. And hope your imagination is still with me. Back to the strawberries. Yeah, we kind of come full circle there, didn't we? Anyway, back to the strawberries. We're going to plant a strawberry garden. So envision in your mind, you are going to plant the most beautiful strawberry garden. You get the most 
succulent, beautiful. I don't know if seeds are succulent, beautiful or not, but in your mind, you can see that beautiful succulent strawberry that's going to come out of these seeds. You plant the seeds, you cultivate the ground, you put fertilizer around it, you water it, you make sure you keep the bunny rabbits and everything else out so they're not eating your strawberry garden. Yeah, getting a visual. You go out and water a little bit more. You make sure the sunlight's right on it. You've got a project going here. You're going to have this beautiful strawberry garden. Every day you're back out there and strawberries are starting to bloom now. Can you see them? Yeah, they're a little white yet. Then they start turning a little red. And I want these things where they're almost that purple color red. Oh, yeah. Not too much, but just right there. So tomorrow's the day. You've decided tomorrow's the day. I am going to go pick my strawberries. I'm going to have the best strawberry shortcake, strawberry salad, or heck, just strawberries by themselves with a ton of whipped cream. Whatever. This is the day. So you go out to get your strawberries. Oh, vision in your mind. These beautiful succulent red strawberries. Oh, man, you've worked so hard on this strawberry garden. You go out there and you notice that some knucklehead, some jack wagon has thrown trash all over your strawberries. Yeah, I'm talking disgusting trash, old leftover food, old stinky banana peels, old rotten apple cores, snotty Kleenexes, all on your strawberry garden. Man, now how bad does that make you? Yeah. Now, it ticks you off, makes you mad, definitely hurts your feelings because you're looking forward to those beautiful strawberries, but now they got trash all over them. Do you still want to eat those strawberries? I know you say, well, I can still wash them off, but the whole point is somebody has thrown trash on your beautiful, succulent, red, delicious strawberries. The point I get, when you allow people to talk to you in a disrespectful manner, when you allow people to disrespect you, when you allow people to call you mean, rude names, when you allow people to do that to other people, if you do that to other people, you're essentially throwing trash on their strawberries. Now, you think about the most beautiful succulent red strawberries, they're great. Your mind, your heart is far more beautiful than even the most beautiful strawberry. It is. I mean, that's a, that's a strawberry. That is just a strawberry. Think about your mind. Think about your heart. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you get that worked up over somebody throwing trash on your strawberries, man, you should get even more worked up about throwing somebody throwing trash on your brain or trash in your heart. And by all means, if somebody else is doing that, you need to be the one to stand up and protect them, not laugh. Because essentially when you're laughing, you're throwing more trash on their strawberries. Yeah, you're contributing to that. And by all means, don't you be the one throwing trash on the strawberries. So the message I get with the kids, and I went a little longer than I, I do with the kids there, is, you know, their attention span is not the greatest. They love the story, but then I got to get to the point. Essentially, uh, well, lost my train of thought there. Strawberries, strawberries, strawberries. There it is. If you're doing those things, you are beating that person down. Now, hopefully you're not. Hopefully you're not doing that. Hopefully you would never throw trash on somebody else's strawberries. But too many times we get caught up in it. We get caught up in laughing at somebody else doing or saying something mean. And before we know it, we're doing that. And that gets right back to the story I started everything off with, your circle peer of influence, your group that you surround yourself with. If their standards are low to the point where they have very little, if any, manners, discipline, and respect for themselves, then they're not going to have any manners, discipline, or respect for somebody else. They don't have any respect for their own dog on strawberries. They're not going to have respect for your strawberries or anybody else's. You've got to be around a good core 
group of people. People that are going to lift you up to raise your standards. They're not going to allow someone else to throw trash on your strawberries. Now, I know I keep pounding the strawberry thing in there, but hopefully you've got a vision and image of how beautiful those strawberries are, and you realize that your brain and your heart is far more beautiful than the strawberries. So if you wouldn't allow somebody to trash your strawberry garden, don't let somebody trash your brain and trash your heart. Now, is it as simple as that? (laughs) No, nothing's as simple as that, right? But it is, I mean... (laughs) Yes and no. Nothing's easy. I said that. There's always the one. Is it easy? Is it simple? Is it easy? Is it simple? Is it simple? Or is it easy? You know what? I can say anything. It's simple for me to say it. But it's not easy to implement. Okay? It's simple for me to say, hey, don't let somebody trash your strawberries. Is it easy to make sure that nobody had to sit out there day and night? No, that's, that's not easy at all. Okay? But you can control what goes in your mind and what goes in your heart by the people you surround yourself with and what you allow in what you read, what you watch, who you talk to. So if your Facebook post page is nothing but negative post, you are essentially self-deprecating yourself by throwing trash on your own strawberries, throwing trash on your brain and your heart because that's all you're putting in your mind. Garbage, garbage in, garbage out. Stop clicking on those likes. Stop clicking on those links. Start putting more positivity in there. Start putting the water and sunshine on your strawberries. And I'm telling you, it'll make a dramatic, dramatic change. You've got to stop watching the horrible, horrible media and news. They're, they're, you know what? I guess somebody uh, threw trash on their strawberries a long time ago, and now they're vengeful for the world because it's nothing positive ever comes out of the news. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nobody's got a strawberry garden according to, them, according to the news. So let that stuff go. Essentially, what you put in is what you're going to get out. Now, with the kids, like I said, I didn't go quite that far with them, but I wanted to go that far with you because we're, you know, teenagers and adults listen to this thing, and that's where I focus my message. So I also went on to say, look, we're all human here. It doesn't matter what gender, what race, what religious background, we're human beings. If I go out in the parking lot and run across the parking lot, trip and fall, and skin my knee, my elbow or my hands, I'm going to bleed. That's what's going to happen. And it doesn't matter if it's me, if it's you. If it's Johnny or Sarah or Samantha or Stephanie, whoever, we're all human beings. We all have skin. We all have flesh. We all have blood. So if I skin my knee and it bleeds, if you do the same doggone thing, you're going to skin your knee, it's going to bleed. That's it. Now, we realize that, but oftentimes I think we forget that. And my point on that is we all have feelings. We all have emotions. So if something hurts your feelings, if something gets you emotionally charged, there's a doggone good chance it's going to get somebody else emotionally charged. It's going to hurt somebody else. That's it. Good words, good actions, good emotions produce more good words, good actions, good emotions. And, of course, they produce that wonderful, beautiful chemical called oxytocin, which is one of the four beautiful feel-goods. You're saying those things. Now, here's the crazy thing. The other chemical, serotonin, let me give you an example. Say a guy's uh, walking along, and you're behind him, and papers blow out of his book bag or his briefcase. So you go up there and you help him. You're putting the papers together. Here you go. Oh, let me help you. Let me grab this one. So you're grabbing all the papers that are blowing all over the place. You help the guy, and that guy says, man, thank you very much. That, that, thank you. Now, of course, he feels great that somebody cared enough to help him. You feel great because you know in your heart you did the right thing. So you're like, yeah, yeah. That's the that's serotonin between the two of you. More importantly, you get to the end of the curb there, and one other guy says, man, I just saw what you did. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. So that's so powerful when you help somebody else. Not only the person you're helping feels good, you feel good. People that watch the act have a hit of serotonin, and it makes them feel good. 
Same thing on the other side. If someone's being bullied and you're right there and you do nothing, the person getting bullied feels horrible. They got their cortisol run through their veins. The person doing the bullying, you know, some people think they, they decide to get off on that. No, no, no. They're all tensed and stressed too because they're thinking ugly negative thoughts, trash, trash on the brain. They're feeling bad. You watching it and doing nothing, you automatically go, oh, gosh. You tighten up, cortisol's flushing through your body, and you feel bad for them. Negative, ugliness, trash produces more neg- negative, ugliness, trash. Good produces more good. And I tell you, especially in the state of the world today, with the great divide, unfortunately, we have, you know what? <laughs> we, we could use a little bit of, hey, let's help each other here. Let's quit putting each other down. Let's quit saying, I'm right and you're wrong. Let's collectively start working together. Let's flush that gosh darn cortisol out. Let's quit throwing trash on other people's strawberries. Let's help them. Let's cultivate the best strawberries for everybody to enjoy. Well, I really got going there. Woo, that was all in one breath, too. I'm going to grab a drink here. <laughs> I'll let you rest your ears. Good stuff. So, as I mentioned, that's a little deeper than I go with the kids, but I do talk about skinning your knee on the playground and how everybody bleeds. Well, if you say something rude, disrespectful, and mean, everybody's going to bleed inside as well. So, you'd never want to throw trash on their strawberries. By all means, gosh darn it, don't throw trash on somebody's heart and brain just no good. It's no good because what happens? They're going to fight back and now you're going back and forth. So that's kind of the, in a nutshell, the speech I give to the kiddos there. And then I talk about ending about you can be a hero, but a hero, you have to believe in someone first. You have to believe in, and the kids say, you, yeah. I say, you believe in me? Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And I go, no, no, believe in, uh." (laughs) so I always have fun with the kids tricking them because I'll set them up and they'll say you and they'll act like, well, thank you. It was, yeah. I said, how about you? And they said, well, me? Yes, that's what I'm looking for. So th- did you follow that? That was, that was quite a roller coaster there. Anyway, the whole message is, in order to be a super terrific, awesome rock star hero, and maybe you say, I don't want to be a super terrific rock star hero. We all want to be a hero. Because anytime we help somebody in any capacity, whatever that is, it makes us feel good. <clears throat> I'll give you an example of that. You think about this. When you're going to ask for something, maybe recommendations for a restaurant or directions somewhere, what happens? Everybody wants to be the one with the answer. They want to say, hey, oh, I know where to go. I know where to go. They want to be the one because they want to feel important. They want to feel like they've contributed. So everybody wants to be a hero. Everyone wants to help. Unfortunately, most of the time we don't think in terms of that, but that's the best example I can give. And kids, they love to help more than anybody. And I use this example at the, the academy all the time. Parents will say something like, well, he gets home, he doesn't want to practice as much, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure what to say to him. I said, well, here's what you say to him. You ask them to show you. Say, hey, um, hey Emmett, can, can you show me that new kick you learned? Man, I, that was pretty darn cool. Can you show that to me? And Emmett, oh, yeah. What do kids want to do? They want to know that they know something that mom and dad don't know. So what are they going to do? They're going to show you, which, of course, they're practicing the technique. They're practicing techniques, so they're getting a lot out of it, and they're feeling extremely good because they're teaching you something you didn't know. So in their minds, they are now a hero because they're helping you with something. As a parent, you've used the Jedi mind trick, (laughs) and you've helped them practice unknowingly, and they've gotten better at it. You know, the old saying is, to know something something is great, but to teach something is like learning it twice. Yeah, so you're actually practicing on it twice. So parents, you have your kids in other sports, Maybe they're not wanting to practice as much. Ask them to show you something that they just learned. Or ask, you, ask them 
to, hey, what'd you do at practice tonight? Oh, well, we just ran around the cones and, you know, we just did this. I just kicked the ball around. And then most of the time we go, okay, good stuff. No. Man, take 30 more seconds and get get in deep. What exactly did you do tonight? Were you able to score any goals? Did you, if you're, did you make any saves? Whatever. I mean, you can connect the dots. Did you hit a home run? Did you score a touchdown? Did you catch any passes? Did you make any tackles? Anything that the kids are in, but engage conversation and by all means, really listen to the answer. Don't just ask the question uh, and, and hopefully you get a quick response so you can get back to watching Facebook or whatever show on Netflix. Take that time to engage in the kids. Now, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, I just kind of opened a can there, tease you for a future podcast on connection with kids. My whole message today, all about, and I'm going to say it again because I almost forgot that how much I want strawberries. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Plant the right seeds, okay? Plant the seeds and don't allow somebody to throw trash on your strawberries. And kind of we started off talking about don't let uh, the seeds of self-doubt in your mind continue to flourish. Weed those babies out. Get rid of them. And if you're around people that continue to water those seeds of self-doubt, get rid of them as well. There are other people out there. The first step is always the toughest in anything you do. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if you're switching jobs. Doesn't matter if you're in a relationship. Doesn't matter if you're uh, developing a new core group of friends. Doesn't matter if you decide you're going back to school. Doesn't matter if you decide, you know what, I'm going to start reading again. It's going to be tough. Anything you've not been doing, the first step is always the toughest. You know, I'm going to get up early. Well, that first day, maybe you're getting up at 8 or 9, and now you're suddenly going to try and get up at 6. Uh, that's going to be darn near impossible. I would suggest on that, backing it up 15, 30 minutes each time. So maybe if you're used to getting up at 8, maybe now get up at 7.45, 7.30, and then continue that slow progression. And somebody say, well, I want it now. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to climb to the top of the mountain, reach the summit in one day. So take your time, pace yourself, and eventually get there as opposed to trying to do it and not succeeding and saying, oh, I couldn't do it. Sort of like uh, uh, everybody, you know, if you want to get in better shape, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, that's great. Well, let's set a, some benchmarks in order to achieve that kind of like climbing the ladder to get to that 20 pounds, not just jump up and try and reach it, jump up and try and reach it, and 30 days later, you're like, I didn't lose a single pound. I'm quitting this thing. Maybe maybe it took 30 days to get you in the habit of going to the gym and eating better. So it's not going to happen instantaneously. It's going to take a little while, but that's all about that conditioning. Think about growing a garden, growing our strawberries. You plant the seed, you're not going to have a strawberry in an hour. It's going to take a little while for that to happen. you got to cultivate it, you got to nurture it, you got to take care of it, and continuously and over time, you're going to have those beautiful strawberries. And of course, don't let anybody throw trash on those strawberries. All right. Well, good stuff, everyone. Hopefully, you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, th- this is, in a nutshell, is a little longer than some of the speeches I give because I went off on a little quick little tangents there. And, of course, I try and connect with the audience. So if I'm talking to kindergartners and first and second graders, it's a little different message, even the message for third, fourth, and fifth. Definitely different for sixth, seventh, and eighth, which is always a kind of a tough nut to crack, so to speak, because that's that to me sixth seventh and eighth is the toughest age and to be honest with you when I was a teacher that was my least favorite age to teach uh and and, and the reason for that these poor kids are going through so many hormonal changes you know they're no longer little kids uh they want to be big kids but they haven't matured enough some of them haven't hit puberty yet others are hitting puberty they're going through some changes the chemicals in their minds are going wackadoo their bodies are growing and that's exhausting for them and their minds are going bing bang boom all over the place no wonder they don't listen uh, very well because they got so many changes going on in their body, it's hard for them to do anything because they're wore out all the time. Now, that's not an excuse. That is actually a scientific fact. Now, 
The thing is, sometimes we go on one or two extremes. One, we think all they do is make excuses, so we, we kind of berate them with, uh, come on, you're, what was your problem? You're better than, is that all you got? And I'm plenty guilty of saying all those things and much, much worse, <laughs> trying to inspire them to be better. And on the other side, we're like, oh, well, that's just him. No, no, no. That's just as bad, if not worse, than the other way, because that's just him means you're giving up. At least the other way, if you're kind of slapping them around a little bit, and I'm not saying physically slap them, unless you want to. <laughs> but what I'm saying, at least they know you care a little bit about them. You're not giving up on them, just saying, oh, that's who he is or that's who she is. So it's a tough thing, just like anything in life. It's a balance. You know, the uh, the yin and yang, which is the uh, Chinese symbol, black and white. You got white on one side, black on the other. They're all the dualities of the universe, all the opposites. So you got man and woman, fire, water, hot, cold, day, night, all the opposites of the universe, testosterone, estrogen, right? <laughs> now, that center line that cuts them, it's like a razor's edge. And it's a razor's edge because that's the perfect balance between the harmonies. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. You don't have too much testosterone. You don't have too much estrogen. It's a nice balance in the middle. Your ego's not too big, <laughs> and it's not too small. It's kind of a balance in the middle there. But that's that perfect balance. Am I too firm on my kids? Am I too soft on my kids? That's that, that balance. That, and that's why it's a razor's edge because it's very difficult to walk that balance. All of us bleed over on one side or the other. And unfortunately, it seems like sometimes we bleed to one side and then whoop, the <laughs> pendulum switches and now we bleed to the other and then back and forth, almost like, what was that ride? Uh, oh, goodness. Like the Six Flags of you around here, they had the Buccaneer, and I'm sure all theme parks probably have it, where the pirate ship goes up one side and then it comes back down the other. Just the proverbial pendulum there, back and forth and back and forth. And you're never completely at ease until that doggone thing stops, right? <laughs> and you get off and your stomach's like, oh, get a visual of that. So strawberries make your stomach feel better. <laughs> And then this thing makes your stomach feel worse. All right. I'm a goofball. You know that. That's why you tune in, and hopefully that's why you, you love to listen to the show. While I'm saying that, make sure you share this with others that you think could benefit, you know could benefit, and you'll get that big hit of dopamine or serotonin, oxytocin. They're going to say, well, you'll get the dopamine because they'll like it, right? There you go. They're going to say, man, thanks for, thanks for suggesting that podcast. That was great. And then you're going to feel like, yes, I did that. I suggested that. That makes me feel good. I believe in me. I'm a superhero. You get to what I'm saying. Anyway. Uh, subscribe to it if you haven't. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you like and share this with others. And give me some comments, feedback, suggestions, thoughts, anything that's motivating on your mind there. But don't throw trash in my strawberries. I'm warning you. <laughs> now, is that a threat? I don't know what that is. I'm just asking you to be nice, be respectful, have good manners, discipline, and respect. All right, folks. Thank you so very much. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I do as much research as I possibly can. And when I have guests on, I try and get the best guest I can to deliver you the most powerful, best, super terrific, awesome message that is inspiring and motivating to you to help you live your best kick in life. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking the time to listen. You get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. Now get out there and be your best. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.